Before we dive in, a quick word from our sponsor, me, I'm the sponsor. (laughs) I'm so excited to announce that my new program is available. You can get Unleashed as an online course only or coupled with one-on-one eight weeks of coaching with me. This is for you if you feel like you've bought into the idea of what your ideal life should look like. This is for you if you feel like you've sacrificed parts of yourself for your relationship, your career, or your children, and you no longer feel whole. This is for you if you find yourself acting and reacting in ways you later wish you hadn't, or if you fail to show up for yourself and your goals in the way that you know possible. In this program, we clarify what you want and who you want to show up as. We dive into the old programming and limiting beliefs that keep you stuck, and we work through ways to release this. Then we dive into your conflicting desires, the parts of yourself that you've pushed down and denied so that you can begin to fulfill these areas of your life that need to be seen and to accept them for who you fully are. Finally, we will create the version of yourself that you want to be and that you want to show up as so that you can start stepping into who you fully are. If you want to learn more or if you are ready to join, please visit my website, dianehatke.com. That is D-I-A-N-N-E-H-A-T-K-E.com. All right, you ready? Now on to the show. Welcome to the Open Communication Podcast, hosted by me, Diane Hatke. I'm a wife, mother, small business owner, fitness and health enthusiast, and like the name says, on this podcast, I am going to openly communicate about all of that and everything in between. It's a lot of fun. Be sure to follow me so you don't miss anything good, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to my podcast. This is my first episode. I'm so excited to be here recording this for you. It's something that I have been wanting to do for a really long time, but I have just, I've kept putting it off and I don't know why. I don't really have a good reason. I just haven't done it. So here I am. I'm doing it. I'm recording my first podcast. I I am recording this on a day that I had asked a few of you on my Instagram account what you wanted to hear from me, and I got a lot of feedback, but I think a really good place for me to start is with my relationship, because going through the all everything that I have been through in the last year with my relationship has given me the opportunity to really look into myself and to grow a ton. Like the amount of growth that has come from this has been so much. Plus, I think a lot of people are interested in it. And I know that it has helped a lot of people because you guys have reached out to me and you've talked to me and you've told me your stories and you've asked me your questions. So I really wanted to take a deep dive into that. When I originally shared my relationship story, I broke it up into little pieces and kind of would just drop little nuggets here and there. So there wasn't one whole place where I had just the whole story and everything that happened up to this point laid out. So before I get into that, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what I want to do with this podcast. Like I said, I've been wanting to podcast for a while just for fun, really. I just wanted a creative outlet. I wanted somewhere to go to share my thoughts, to share what I've learned, to share my growth and business and whatnot in hopes that I can help other people do the same or just provide some insight and whatnot. So I 
don't want to, I decided I didn't want to tie myself into one category with this podcast. I want to talk about a little bit of everything because I have plenty of stuff to talk about. So that's what I plan on doing with this. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. And let's go ahead and dive in. My husband and I met in 2014 while I was finishing up my last semester of grad school. And we kind of clicked right away and just, I think pretty much from the first night that we met, we were inseparable after that. So a year and a half later, we get engaged. Mind you, this is the longest relationship I have ever been in. When I was 21, I dated a guy for, I think, a little over a year. And... I had pursued him for literally years, and when we finally start dating, I just, within a couple months, I was like, oh, I'm not into it anymore, and I stuck it out for quite a while longer before I finally ended it, but that was a pattern that I had been in most of my life in relationships. As I would get into a relationship, I'd be really excited about it, and then around the three to six month mark, All of my excitement would fade and those giddy feelings that you have at the beginning wouldn't be there. And I thought that that meant that the relationship wasn't working and I needed to get out of it. Like it just wasn't for me. So I meet Seth and we're, we're doing pretty good. I had kind of recognized this pattern in myself of when I would start to lose interest. So there had been a few times when this did come up for me with Seth, but I was able to recognize it and put in a little bit of work and bring myself out of it. So even up to the point where we got married, I still, I should say up to the point where we got engaged, I was still pretty happy in our relationship. And I was, you know, I, I could see myself being in it for a long time. I could obviously see myself getting married. I definitely had some reservations about it, um, which who doesn't, but I don't know, maybe you don't. But either way, I was like, yeah, this is the life I want. This will be great. So we get married or we get engaged and find out that I'm pregnant four days later. And it kind of threw a wrench in some things. And I think that this was part of the start of a lot of our issues, aside from the fact that I had a ton of my own personal issues that I'll get into later that I didn't, I wasn't aware of and that I hadn't addressed. So I hadn't healed myself first, but the early pregnancy, the, or I should say the pregnancy that was early on in our relationship. And immediately when we got engaged led to us getting married very quickly. So we got engaged in October and we were married in December because Seth was in the military at the time and we needed his insurance to help cover the cost of having a baby. So I think that's kind of where some things started. I didn't realize it until we kind of moved into the, our separation space, but I held on to a lot of resentment for that. I was not ready to be pregnant when I got pregnant. I had worked really hard for my body that I loved And I know that sounds vain, but I wasn't ready to give my body up. I wasn't ready to hand it over. I'm also very weird about doctors and the medical system and being forced. You know, I was not ready to be poked and prodded. And in fact, I did not let my doctors poke and prod me at all during my pregnancy. Um, And that's, that's a conversation for a whole nother day if you guys are interested. But I just, I wasn't ready to be pregnant. And I cried for weeks. And I never told Seth any of this. I kept all of this to myself. 
which is really hard. And I think I harbored a lot of resentment towards him for that throughout our relationship. But I even in subtle, shitty ways throughout my pregnancy, like took things out on him. I made a big deal about him drinking because I couldn't drink because, you know, I didn't want to be pregnant and I didn't want to give up drinking. And like, I, it was just stupid, shitty, petty stuff. But I hadn't done the work yet to really recognize those feelings or to be able to process them. So it kind of just snowballed into more. I also held on to a lot of a lot of resentment for how we got married. So we got married very quickly. We hadn't told anyone really that I was pregnant because the pregnancy was brand new. And I didn't want to tell everyone I was pregnant, get married, and then something happened and the pregnancy potentially fail. And I don't know. I just, so my family, most of my family doesn't live in where we are. I have a very large extended family. We always, you know, weddings are really big for us. We always try to get together when somebody gets married. We're always together for Thanksgiving. So when I I told my family who lives, I'm in Florida, they're like in North Carolina, Maryland, and kind of scattered all over the East Coast. that I was getting married in two months, they you were pretty disappointed. Like we, we can't just, it's around the holiday season. You know, Thanksgiving is a couple weeks before Christmas is a week after we can't just pack up, you know, it just wasn't feasible for a lot of them on such short notice and given the season to get to the wedding. So I think a lot of them were disappointed to not to be able to have that opportunity to come and join if they wanted to. Also, nobody knew, like literally only my closest friends and my parents knew. So even some of my closer friends didn't know yet that I was pregnant. So I'm at my wedding and I'm not taking, you know, we like to party. I'm not taking shots with people. I'm not doing all the things that I want to do. I'm sitting here sober. Uh, and I mean, I know that that shouldn't be everything, but it just, I was like, it wasn't exactly the wedding that I wanted. I've never dreamt of a big wedding, but it just, that also kind of snowballed into this resentment that I just harbored for years. And I think it sort of, I took it out on Seth, which in turn just made our relationship that much tougher. So fast forward, Wyatt's born, and I'm just generally not happy in our marriage. I have lost all desire sexually towards Seth. And that's a big thing for both of us. I think it's a big thing for a lot of relationships, but I just, I didn't want to sleep with him. I would go to bed early to avoid him coming on to me. I realized later on, once we started moving through all of these processes, I wouldn't let myself have fun around him. I didn't want to enjoy too many moments with him because I was worried that it would lead to sex and I didn't want to have sex. And so that caused a lot of problems in our relationship. But again, these are all things that I didn't recognize in that moment. And I think that's why like me sharing my story and me, us going through things, the way that we went through them, and I'll get to all of that in a little bit, but the way that we went through them was, was necessary. People might say, well, you didn't have to do things that way. You could have done things another way, but I don't think that I could have learned what I needed to learn about myself in order to try to make this relationship work. Had I not, had we not explored the route that we did. So anyway, I'm unhappy in this relationship and we, we're just kind of trucking along. We don't talk. We, we're terrible at communicating at this point. 
you know, neither one of us, we don't really ever argue, but we don't really ever have any great times together. So probably a year before I had a conversation with him about this, I was really just starting to feel miserable. And I just, I knew I wasn't happy, but I didn't know what to do. And I felt like there was something wrong with me. Because we were looking at all of our friends and all of their relationships. And every time we'd get together, they'd joke about their amazing sex lives and all of the things they're doing together. And you would just see them. And it was like, man, I feel like I should have that and want that. But I don't. You know, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't I want this? And I would look at Seth and I would just feel so shitty because he's hearing these things too. And I'm sure that he's like, man, I wish my life was like that. But it's not, you know, my wife doesn't even want me to touch her. So I carried a lot of guilt and I thought that there was something wrong with me. Like, why do I feel this way? Why can I not just be happy in a relationship? Like, why can't I just hold on to that? And I also had recognized that I just completely lost sexual desire. And I thought for a while that that was the main thing. Like, I just lost sexual desire. I have realized through this whole process that there, it goes so much more deeper than that. But for me, the initial kind of, I guess, catalyst, if you will, or thing that I recognized that I needed to talk to Seth about was that lack of desire. But I didn't know how to talk to him. How do you tell your spouse, this person that you love, this person that you've built a life with, that you aren't attracted to them in that way anymore? And I, this is something I kind of sat on actually for months. How do I tell him this? What do I say? How do I bring it up? And one day, a friend of mine asked me, Hey, have you heard this Aubrey Marcus podcast? It was really weird how he put it. And I said, no, I haven't heard it yet, but I'll check it out. If it's so crazy that you're calling it weird, whatever. So it's, it was, I'll, I'll have to find the podcast number. I don't remember. It was an Aubrey Marcus podcast launched, I think in January of 2019 with him his then fiance, I think she, they were still together. His then fiance, Whitney Miller, and uh, who was the other lady on it? I can't remember her name right now. But basically, this podcast took a deep dive into female sexuality and talked about how women often lose sexual desire in long-term relationships, and it's a completely normal thing. And there are things that you can do to get around this. But this podcast really, really dove into that. And for me, I was like, holy shit, this is exactly how I'm feeling. Everything they described is how I was feeling to a T. One of the things that they mentioned in the podcast as a way to sort of circumvent this or a possibility for relationships if a woman is feeling like she's missing out on the novelty of sex with a new partner is to open up your relationship. So I will get to that shortly, but needless to say, that was what I found. I found that and I was like, this is how I can tell Seth how I'm feeling because I didn't know how to actually tell him. I didn't know how to explain it in a way that didn't just absolutely crush him, even though I did absolutely crush him. But I, uh, I just, I sent him that podcast and I was like, you need to listen to this. This is how I'm feeling. I've been trying to figure out how to tell you and I don't know how, but this can explain it very well. So please listen to it and we can talk after. So he listened. Luckily, he already follows Aubrey Marcus and he's very open-minded when it comes to stuff like this. So 
he was pretty open to what I had to say, even though it was painful for him. I know that some of you are like, if I take that to my significant other, they're just going to laugh at me and tell me, hell no. I, I totally get that. And I know that this option isn't for everyone, but, and it turned out to not really quite be for us either, but either way, he was open to the idea of potentially opening up our relationship. So we talked about it. And at the time that I had told him about the podcast, we had agreed that it was something that we might want to do in the future, but I, I still wasn't even ready to open up our relationship at that point. And I don't think he was either. So we kind of, the conversation brought us closer together for a few weeks after, but then it sort of fizzled and things just went back to normal. And I went back to not being happy. I went back to not wanting to have sex with him, but I knew that at least we had started the conversation, even if it had been a few months since we'd had it, I knew that it had been started. So I end up connecting with somebody who kind of ran in our circle and we started hanging out, talking a little bit more and I developed a deeper connection with him and we had a conversation one day where we both came out and we're like, oh yeah, we, we kind of, there's something there. And I had told him, you know, hey, Seth and I had this conversation about potentially opening up our relationship and, and that led him to opening up to me like, yeah, I have something there for you too, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, well, I'm not going to cheat on Seth. I, we've already opened up this dialogue. So I'm going to just come to him and say, Hey, look, like this is what's happened and this is what I want to do. And I'm, I kind of want to explore this other relationship while still being with you. So I brought that to Seth. It was one of the hardest things I have ever had to do. Um, aside from the initial and telling him about the podcast, it was definitely very hard telling him that and just being completely raw and honest especially because I have a very hard time being vulnerable as I'm telling you our entire life story right now. But he agreed to it and I started exploring this new relationship. But as I got into that relationship, I was leaving Seth out. So this part's kind of shitty on my end for sure. But at the same time, I definitely needed this experience to get me where I am now. And I'm sure some people are like, why didn't you go to counseling or why didn't you do that? I'm like, there are things that you just have to experience to know. And there is no way that I could have figured out probably like 75% of the things that I learned about myself through this process had I not actually been with this other person and seen like essentially this relationship was a mirror for myself to look at all of the problems that I have surrounding relationships. And why was it a mirror? Because this relationship was not a healthy one by any means. It was extremely toxic. And what it led me to realize was that I'm I'm addicted to that toxicity. I have been in longer, like the longer relationships that I have been in have always been ones that have super high highs and super low lows that have been borderline abusive, that have been um, just generally not healthy. And that's what this relationship is. And there was, and that's what I was attracted to. And that's how I first recognized like Seth and I's relationship is normal. It's what it's supposed to look like. It's stable, but this stability, it's a, 
it's, it doesn't keep me excited enough to, you know, keep me in those feelings that I need to have to maintain this long term. So that was the first real thing that I recognized. And I think that a lot of it goes back to my, my parents. Um, when I was very young, they had, they're still together now, but they had all sorts of relationship issues. My mom has just told me they would fight constantly. She, I mean, she admitted, she was like, I know this sounds terrible, but you know, I would pit you kids against your, your dad. And it just, for me being the oldest, I think they kind of started working things out a little bit better once my brother and sister came around, but me being the oldest and them being newlyweds and in a you know, new marriage and figuring out a new lifestyle, I was raised in an environment that was just a constant drama, constant highs and constant lows. And that's now I'm seeing that pattern being repeated in what I am comfortable with in a relationship. So that is like my comfort zone. That is my addiction. And that's what I realized. Like I'm addicted to this type of relationship. Like it was so hard for me to leave that relationship. As as much as I knew deep down, I was like, this is a terrible, like I have a great guy. Seth is an amazing man. He's an amazing father. And I'm over here with this person who just doesn't treat me well. This relationship is garbage. I'm being lied to constantly. Um, it just, so that was the big, just realizing that, but I also had to pull myself out of it. I mean, like I said, it was almost an addiction and I had to get away from it. It took some time really to break free from it. It took a lot of heartbreak. So anyway, I'm in this relationship and Seth and I decided that we just, I don't know. I didn't have, I wasn't putting the energy into him and I's relationship that I needed to be putting in. And I didn't feel like I had that energy to give him. So we ended up separating. We still lived together for quite a while after we separated. I think we lived together for like five or six months through this whole process from the time I told him until the time I moved out and he dated somebody else. And during this time we tried to get back together one or two times, but each time it lasted for about a week before one of us was like, okay, yes, no, this isn't working. And so we finally got to the point where we decided I needed to move out where I really was like, I need out, like I need my own space. And that was something else that I think was 100% necessary for us to be back in the space where we are now where we're working on us. I have always been the type of person who really enjoys my personal space. I don't I just need, I need that. And it was really hard to get without feeling guilty while living under the same roof. So I moved out. Seth and I had still, even through the times that we were separated, we had still maintained a friendship. So we were still talking a lot. We were still hanging out a lot. And on his end, he was still very much so in love with me and wanted to be with me. So that's kind of where he was hanging on. On my end, he was still my, like my rock, my confident, my best friend. And I wasn't, I don't know, I, he was kind of all I had. I lost, that's another thing. So I shouldn't say I lost a lot of friends, but a lot of the friends when we got together, I was going through a transitional period in my life, I think, where I was kind of shedding old friendships that didn't really fit me. 
And so when we started dating, I was brought into his friend group. So when all of this started happening, even though I had been friends with these people for five or six years now, it felt like a lot of them were taking his side or they just weren't very supportive for me. You know, it was, she's the cheating wife and she's a piece of shit and yada, yada, yada. And people, regardless of what either one of us told them, you know, that we're both making these decisions together, that Seth has been fully aware of the situation and all of that, they still had their own opinions. So in that realm, I felt very isolated. I definitely had a couple good friends who were still there by my side and I thank them for that. But in terms of just general community, which I need, I had, I was feeling pretty isolated from that. And so I think for me, hanging on to our friendship was part of the way to kind of not feel so isolated and wasn't necessarily fair to him. So we finally made the tough decision to take a break from our friendship as well after I had moved out. And we took a break for about two weeks. This was a really just a whole lot of not not talking a lot, basically just communicating for Wyatt and what Wyatt needed and picking him up and dropping him off with. I had discovered a lot about myself throughout this whole process up to the point where we decided to take a break on our friendship. I had also been listening to a lot of Esther Perel and I had read both of her books or at least one of them at one point or at this point. And no, I think I'd read both of them or two of them. I don't know how many she has, but I, the state of affairs was really, really good. And what I loved about these books was the people she talked about in them and the way that they felt all of them. I felt like there was a little bit of me in every single one of them. And all of them are essentially about people who've had affairs and why and how they've managed to fix their relationships. But really when it comes to seeking someone outside of a relationship, it usually doesn't have anything to do with a partner, it has more to do with yourself. And that's, what I was finding was I just had and still have that I'm working on all of these issues around relationships that I have, one, I hadn't been aware of in order to even work on. And two, I just hadn't, I had never worked on. So I was learning a lot about myself. I was learning a lot about why I operate certain ways, why I feel certain ways. And that. The feelings that I had, like the lack of desire was normal, but there were things we could do to bring that back. My lack of the in love feeling that I thought you were supposed to have all the time isn't really a thing. I mean, for some lucky people it is, but for most of us, you know, you care about your partner, it's there, but those butterflies that you get all the time, they're going to fade with time and that's completely normal. So I just had this completely twisted idea of what a long-term relationship was supposed to look like. So I essentially was just having to completely rewrite what I thought about relationships. So after about two weeks of taking some space apart from our friendship, I kind of came around and I was like, I think I know how I can make this work. I think I know what I need to do to be in this relationship because my options were basically stay separated, enter into a new relationship. Maybe at that point I will have healed myself enough and figured enough out that I can now make this new relationship work. But who knows? And at the same time, I'm like, I have this great guy. He's the father of my child. We've already worked on building a life together he's an amazing human being. Like, why not just try to 
figure those things out with him and put in the effort there. Like why, you know, it just didn't make sense to me. So I decided that I wanted to give it a shot and he had a a little bit of a hard time with it because I crushed him like multiple times at this point, but, um, he was willing and open to give it a shot too. So this was mid January, maybe early February when we decided maybe it was, yeah, it was probably mid January because we took a break on our friendship after new year's. And basically what I told him was, you know, I've figured, I've recognized all of these things in myself and I know that it has nothing to do with you and that it doesn't matter. I'm never, I'm never going to go meet the person who I'm never going to have to change for. And I don't mean change. Like I need to change who I am to be with Seth. I just, there's never going to be somebody that I'm going to be long-term happy with unless I change the patterns in myself that have led me to continue on this cycle. So I told him, I was like, it's going to take a lot of work on my part. I have to be willing to put in the effort. And I have been, I have, we've both kind of fallen off track a little bit here and there, but we've had a couple conversations about it now. Um, One thing that I really have had to focus on because I'm really bad about And one thing that's really helped is learning our five, uh, learning our love languages. I think there's five of them. One is words of affirmation. So giving compliments, things like that. That's Seth. Seth is like hardcore words of affirmation, which I am like, that is the complete bottom of I'm the lowest number you could possibly be for that one. It doesn't do anything for me. You give me praise and like cool things. I, it just doesn't, and I'm not one to naturally compliment people. It just does not come to me naturally. I am quality time and acts of service. If you do the smallest thing for me, I appreciate, like, it just makes my entire heart melt. So, but Seth really like, like his is words of affirmation. So that's something that I have really been focusing on because I know that he needs that and he's brought it. He's like, I'll do this awesome thing at work. And you're just like, cool. Okay. Next. And he's like, you don't tell me you're proud or anything. I'm like, I don't know. That's just how I am. So, but I know he needs that. So I've been working on that. It's just little baby steps. And the crazy thing I found is that through working on that, through putting in a little bit of effort to help him feel better, I actually am more attracted to him and more attracted to our relationship. So that has been one thing that has really helped. And one thing that I've been working on other than that, we just, we try to talk. We probably still don't talk as much as we should. I think if we both feel like we're comfortable, we avoid conversation. We don't avoid it, but we just, I don't know. We're in a kind of a weird spot right now, but yes, we are back to working on us. I think we both think that it can work for the long run. I'm not sure how we will end up living together in the future. I keep joking that we're going to build ourselves a duplex, but I don't know because I definitely know that I am going to still need my space, even if it's a, a bigger house or not necessarily a bigger house, but just a house with more rooms so that I can have my space and he can have his and I can just have my own little getaway. So I don't quite know yet what that will look like. I still have a year or not a year. I still have about six months in the house that I'm in now. It's almost the beginning of May that I'm recording this, May 2020. 
Um, so some other things kind of related to this, I started sharing this story on social media because I felt so alone whenever I started going through this. I knew that there had to be other people out there feeling the same way. And I wanted to reach them. I wanted to just talk about it. I wanted to share because nobody did that for me. I shouldn't say nobody did that for me. I listened to that podcast. That definitely helped. And I think that there probably would have been more information out there for me had I looked for it, but I wasn't looking in the right places. And so just going through your day to day, feeling these ways, it feels very isolating and very lonely. And so I just wanted to share our story so that people who might be feeling the same way had somebody out there telling them, hey, you're not alone. You are not alone. And a really cool thing happened when I started sharing. I had a lot of people reach out to me. A lot of people reaching out telling me that they felt the exact same way and they didn't know how to talk to their significant other. A lot of people reached out not even to like ask anything, but just to tell me they'd be like, hey, here's my story. It's kind of related. And I don't know. I just wanted to share it with somebody. Because the way we go about our relationships, if it doesn't fit into society's little mold, most people are going to judge you for it and they're going to give you backlash for it. And I just opened up this space for people where I was like, yeah, we opened up our marriage. I started dating another man. We still live together. We did all of these things and they're not really accepted openly by society right now, but I did it anyway. And I'm going to tell you that I did it. So here I am opening this space for you to be yourself too. So that was really, really cool. It also was a little heartbreaking because while complete strangers opened up to me, some of our closer friends just judged me and the choices that we made together as a couple, but I think more so a lot of the blame and judgment was placed on me without fully understanding where I was coming from or how I was feeling or what Seth and I had decided to do together. There's this kind of, I don't know if stigma is the right word, but like if you cheat on your spouse, you're just a terrible person. And regardless of the fact that Seth and I had made this agreement together, people still looked at it that way. I was having an affair. I was cheating on him. I was the one stepping out. And some people just view this as a completely unforgivable offense which is kind of crazy because I have some of the friends who have looked at us this way. I look at their relationships and maybe they haven't stepped out and cheated, but there are things about their relationships. And I'm like, I would rather Seth go have a one night stand than be treated the way that your spouse treats you in your relationship. So it's just, it was just kind of interesting to see the judgment that was passed around without stopping to look at the problems within their own relationships and maybe worry about those instead. So if that was you, yeah, I'm totally calling you out right now and I don't really give a shit. But anyway, somebody had asked about being vulnerable in a world that doesn't fully accept it yet. So it was definitely, it definitely was an experience, but I wouldn't take it back. Obviously I'm here sharing the full story with you again. And I will continue to share more. I'm kind of in a space right now where we're just sort of hanging out, seeing how things go and trying to get to know each other in a new way. Um, Something else that I really recognized 
And something that somebody recently said to me, somebody who has been following my story, he said that he feels like he can't be himself around his significant other. And I have that same problem. So I am finding myself around my siblings, around my friends, I'll let loose, whatever. But for some reason, there are two, technically three people that I just struggle being myself around. One is my parents. And as I'm getting older, I'm getting more used to that, but I have always been very reserved and not myself around my parents. I think because growing up, I didn't feel like it was okay to be myself. They kind of laxed quite a bit as my brother and sister came along. I definitely know that. But for me, being the firstborn and being the firstborn in their marriage, it just, I didn't feel like I had the room to really be myself. And I think that that has transferred over into my romantic relationships because those are the only other relationships that I have where I don't feel like I can 100% all of the time be myself. I'm always, I always kind of have this wall up. I'm always slightly reserved. So I've recognized that and that is something else that I am trying to break through. But that's, I mean, it's, I'm 32 now, so (laughs) that's a lot of years of this habit to try to break down. Uh, But yeah, so where was I? I think I was talking about being vulnerable on social media or just in general. It's It's been different and it's been an experience that I wouldn't change for the world. I'm sorry that you know, things had to happen the way that they did, but I'm not, I'm also not because I don't, I wouldn't have learned what I learned about myself. Seth went through a ton of growth and learning on his end too. And we wouldn't be where we are now. We'd either be together and still completely miserable, or we would just be divorced and I'd probably be in another relationship repeating the same pattern. So anyway, that is the gist of my relationship story and I'm coming to the end of my first podcast. Thank you again for listening. I have so much stuff I want to share with you guys. You've asked me about health and wellness and I can talk about that for days, about starting my business, about raising Wyatt and running a business and all of the things. So I will be back soon. I haven't set a complete schedule yet and I'm sure that I'll kind of get into a flow, but I'll have more for you. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you next time.